0: Okay, we're going to start the Gemara towards the bottom of Hafei and Medbeis. We read this yesterday, but we're going to be learning a hamshach of a sugi here on this subject. So let's uh, start a little bit on the bottom, and also I want to correct how I read it yesterday. The Gemara here brings up a case where a person has hanah from anything that's osertav hanah of bal Korchach. In other words, you're not intending to. You just go somewhere and uh, the hanah happens. Are you over? Is there any isr in that? So the Gemara brings the machloikas of bay and rovah. Abayah says it's allowed. And Rav says it's forbidden. So the question is, what is the exact case that they're arguing about? The Gemara brought two different versions of what the case is that they're arguing about. The first version of the Gemara was, in a case of Efshar V'loin Mechaven. Efshir V'loin Mechaven means it's easy for you to go somewhere else. And you're going in this place where there's an Isra no. But at the same time, though, you're not having Kavana to derive any benefit. You're not enjoying it, you don't want it. You go there even though you could have gone somewhere else, Fsha, but That was the first version of the Gemara. The second version of the Gemara, let's read it inside. Amri. about seven, eight lines from the bottom. the second version here is the Shiva Lo Mahavan, Shimon. In a case where you could have gone somewhere else and you're not having kavanah to have any benefit, this is the machleikas of Rabbi Yehuda and Rab Shimon. The Gemara here brings up the, ma- the famous machleikas of Rabbi Yehuda and Rab Shimon regarding a person that's over Iser and has no kavana. Ene Miskaven. Rabbi Yehuda holds Ene Miskaven regarding all Isodan. Ene Miskaven is Oser and Rav Shimon holds Ene Miskaven is Mutter. So in the case of Efsheh V'loi Mechavin, this is the machleikas of Rabbi Yehuda and Rav Shimon. Efsheh if it's a case where you could have gone somewhere else, and you're not having any kula pligi the Everybody would agree in such a case that it's allowed, because you're not having a kavana. I, I skipped one word, sorry. Lo'yevsheh. v'lo'y You couldn't have gone anywhere else, and you're not having any kavana. So then, nobody would disagree that it's allowed. Key pligi. Where's the machlekes? And this is the main case the Gemara is going to focus on, so let's uh, see what the Gemara here says. When is the argument if you're gonna be oivid or not? it's you can't go somewhere else. And I explained it already, not can't doesn't mean physically can't, can't means it's very difficult to go somewhere else. The ka But as you're going there, you're having Kavana, you're enjoying the isrhana. Now, according to the azl basa Kavana, he says the most significant thing to look at is the person's kavanah, kula malay pligidaser. Nobody would disagree that according to Rav now that you're having kavana, you've been going over an iser, even though it was very difficult for you to go somewhere else, but now that you're having Kavana, it's Osr. Ki <speaking> where's <in> the machlekes It's a and rove, the Rabbi Yehuda, it's according to the, the Rav Yehuda, it's according to Rav Yehuda. The Oma Rabbi Yehuda says, lo miskaven, lo yishno miskaven, it does not matter your kavana. Rav Yehuda holds, when it comes to any iser, the kavana of the person is insignificant. Efshir, <speaking> in <Hebrew> If you could have gone somewhere else, and you're going into this place, also you're being over on an iser even without kavana. So that's what we see from Rabbi Yehuda that he says that he's machme. Rabbi Yehuda is more stringent, and your kavana doesn't matter without kavana you over. So now Abaye, Abaye, Rabbi Yehuda, Abaye that says that it's permitted in a case where it's uh, loyevsher. In this case of loyefsher, Abaya is going to say like Rabiudah. Why is it according to Rabiudah? Because what I, the way Abay understands Rabiudah is, Kavana is insignificant. What is significant? What matters if you're over the iser or not? Efsher or loyefsher? If you have an option easily to go somewhere else, you're going to be over. Why did you go here? If you don't have an easy option to go somewhere else, you're not going to be over. So therefore, Abaya says we take Rabiudah's opinion both stringent and lenient. It only is dependent on whether you could go somewhere else or not. Aba Malach says that's not the way to understand. about Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. At when does Rabbi Yehuda say that your kavana does not matter and even without kavana you're going to be over? That's to say that without kavana you're over even like having kavana. Ela So this only goes to be stringent. miskaven miskaven but to say that even that you did have kavana, yet it's gonna be like you did not have kavana. Why? Because you couldn't go somewhere else to say that because it was loyefsha it should be mutter, and it should be as if you had no kavana to be lenient about this. like Davud never said that. To this extent, Dabudh didn't go. Dab was only saying Luchumra, that you don't need kavana to be either. But he did not say Lakullah, that without Kavana, if you because it was a, that with kavana, that is, because you couldn't go somewhere else, you're not going to be either. So, this is the machlaikis of Abaya and Rava in the second version. <coughs> and what's the case? Loy Efsha. It was very difficult for you to go somewhere else. But, Machaven, When you go there, you're having kavana to be. you having kavana, you're enjoying the Isra. So, now the Gemara is going to bring different sources and questions on this machlaikis. Omar Abaya. What's the source to my opinion? The Tanya we learned in Abraise. Omar, all of our and they said about Rabbi Yechanim ben Zakkai that lived in the end of the second Besam Mikdash. He would sit in the shade of the Hechel. The Hechel, of course, was a structure that was built very, very tall. It was a hundred Amasi. Rashi says that the shade that the Hechel made to an even in a far place, was like a big street in the front of the Harabais, it was a huge area that they had a lot of shade from the Hechel. So he would sit there in that shade. And there he had space to gather people, a huge space that he could sit and darshan the halachas of Yant. So Rashi says, in a shawl, he wouldn't have a shawl large enough to have all the people come and sit there all day and listen to him darshaning the halachas. If you would have to sit outside in the sun, they wouldn't listen to him. So he had a perfect place to use the shade of the hechel to be able to sit there all day and darshan. That's, so he had a no from the shade of the beis Mikdash. Now, are you allowed to have a no from the beis Mikdash? No, it's mi'ilah. You're having a nol from the base of mikdash. So now, what is this case compared to? Says the Gemara, du This is a case that would be considered to be lo He didn't have another choice. What? what else is he going to do? Rashi says he has darshim the halachas of yantif. So what else should he do? So this is the only place he found umechaven. Yet they're having kavana. They're enjoying the shade. The only reason they could learn is because they're in the shade. This is a case of Loyevsha and mechaven. V'shari, and Rav Yechenin and zakai did this, and he says it's allowed. So over here, Abayah says, from Rav Yechenin's conduct, I see that in a case of loy Efshe, even though you're having Kavanah no, yet it's allowed. Rav Omar responds to this and says, no, that case is different. Shani heichol osoy. The heichol is built not for the shade that it, that it creates far away. The heichol is built for the inside of the Beis HaMikdash. So, what's, so therefore, what's the Gemara saying? So Rashi explains. What the Gemara is saying is, this is considered to be a hanash Shaloi Kedarka. We had previously in the Chav or Daled, the Gemara says, when you have no of something, Shaloi not its intended use, you're not over. So therefore, this is something that's Shaloi Kedarka, and therefore, Rabbi Echen and was mad to this. Now this itself is a Chiddush. There's other Isha'inim that have other pshatim in what the, the Gemara's answer is, Shani Heichel, the, the Ben Hananel, for example, says the Pshat and the Gemara's answer is ve'en kedusha betziloi. Ben Hananel says because the heichal is built for the inside, so the shade that's created from the heichal has no kedusha. Sh- what's sh- the shade that has no kedusha? B'chol. That's the Ben Hananel's Pshat. But Rashi's Pshat, as I mentioned, is that this is considered to be a Hanosh sheloi kedarka. Usually, Hanosh sheloi kedarka is mutem and atayde, but it is asamid rabano. However, here for this purpose, for whatever reason. Even with the Rabbanon, Rabbi and allowed it and gave his droshe there in that place. So Rav says there's no rai from here. It's not the regular kind of Anoah. Now, Omar Rav, Minoah Minoah, from where do I have a source for the fact that in this case, when it's loyevshe and it's Machavin, it's going to be Osir, Tanya, or the Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, Lulin, Hoyu, Psuchin, Baaliyah, base Kachek, Kedoshin. There was an opening, a window, or like a skylight that was opened in the roof of the Kodesh Hakodashim. For what purpose? So they would lower down craftsmen that would have to fix things in the Kodesh Hakodashim in a box. In order that they should not, and they would, the backs would be closed from all sides, and then they would make a little opening on that side where they have to go and uh, fix the wall or whatever it is, in order that their eyes should not derive benefit from being inside the Kedosh HaKadoshim. You're not allowed to derive the benefit of the Kedosh So if they have to go inside, so they lowered them down inside. They didn't come in from the regular entrance because he just coming in. From the regular entrance is already an isser, so they came in from an unusual entrance, and also that itself in a box, in order that they shouldn't see what's going on in the Kaeda Shekodashim. Says so the Gemara, from, Rav says, From here I see that there's a problem, even in a case of Loyevsher, the Loyevsher. Over here, there's no other choice. They have to fix the Kaeda Shekodashim. The Kamechavim. And when they're there inside, what are we concerned about? That while they're going to look into the walls of the Kedosh HaKadoshim, they may have Kavana to derive benefit of the Kayla HaKadoshim. So therefore we're building this backs for Oser, and we're saying that it would be forbidden. This is Rav V'zrayim. Is this a good, is this logical? Is this a good Raya? For and the sound that comes from the base of Let's say you hear the musical uh, instruments that the levim are playing. Mara seeing the beauty of the base of mikdash. Reach the smell, the aroma of the ketores. Let's say which we will discuss soon. These are three things that are not tangible enough that you don't. It's not, you're not over on any me'ila that you're deriving benefit of something which is holy from kachim. So over here in this case, what's mechlaya the issue that someone comes in the ketores now they're entering to the Kedesh HaKadoshim through the regular entrance. That's the Sukkim and Parshish mais which you have to bring only for a Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur and brings the Karbanas. Fine, so they're coming in from a different entrance and they're coming in for a purpose to fix the Kedesh HaKadoshim. But what's the issue if they're going to see what's going on over there? There's no Mi'ila if you see. Ela, the answer is, Ma'ila also bebeis Kedesh HaKadoshim. This whole idea is a special stringency that they made in the Kedesh HaKadoshim that people have to treat the place with a special Kedusha, special holiness, it's a special Chumrah, so you can't bring any Rai from it, even if it's going to be true in a regular case, in such a situation, it's going to be Mutter, because it's loy Efshe, but yet, this is a special Chumrah, so there's no Rai from here, B'chlal. The others say, Yomar Rav Emanon when Rav wanted to bring a source for his opinion, that it's forbidden, in a case of Efshe, Loi Efshe, and the Kamechavin, he actually brought the Rai from Rav Shemim Ben Pazi, Ben Pazi, Shem these three things, koil, and there's no mi'ile, meaning, meaning there's no carbon me'ilah. The carbon and of mi'ilah does not uh, apply. Now, the diak over here is, you don't have to bring a carbon me'ilah for this, but ha there still is an isser though. My love, for who is this isser, in what case would there be an isser? In what case would it's referring to the Kayanim that are inside the base of mikdash doing their aveda and when they do their aveda they have to be sure not to derive any benefit of what they're seeing of the beauty of the base of mikdash so it's a case of loy Efsher, they must be there to do their aveda but yet they should not have any kavana to derive any benefit of the base of mikdash why not because if they're deriving benefit, it's an iser. Taken not a carbon meal and but still there would be an iser even in a case of Le-yef, sure, They have to be there, but kamachavin. If they'll have kavana, they'll be yiver an iser. So a doing his aveda inside the base of mikdash has to be very focused on the work he's doing, not to at all pay attention to the beauty in the base of mikdash. because he's deriving benefit of oh, the kachim. Oh, so that's it's not there's no meila. You don't have to bring a carbon me'la for this, I but know, you can't. The, the Isr is taking benefit of Kochen, taking benefit of the beauty of the base of HaMiklash. It's created for the beauty for the Eivishter, just like any, the whole concept of Meila, that it's Kochen. You should not derive benefit for yourself, so they should not derive any benefit for themselves. <laughs> and, uh, I believe, it could be it's a machlaikis about this, whether when the Gemara here says, whether the Gemara means, I believe it's a machlaikis about this. But if there's no Meila, there's no carbon Meila, but there still is an Isra. So, wouldn't you say it refers to those kainim that are inside? They have to be there, but they have to be careful not to have kavanah. So, from here, Rabbi brings a source to his opinion, that even in a case where you have no choice and you have to be there, you shouldn't have kavanah. It says the Gemara that's not the pshat. It's not referring to the kainim. The kainim that are inside, or can do their Aveda, and because they have to be there, they could have kavana. and even, even if they're enjoying the place and the, uh, what they see, that's not the issue. We're talking about people that are standing on the outside and they're looking at the base of mikdash, so even if there's no mi'ilim, but yet they should not derive any benefit by seeing the beauty of the base of mikdash. Yeah, <laughs> those that are standing outside. Dr. Gemara, impossible. Huh? Impossible. Okay. Depends what kavana means. Depends what uh, when you say that you should not have kavana, you should not have have kavana to derive benefit of the sight that you're seeing. It's, you see it and you see the beauty, and it's the abish this beauty, but to derive benefit of it, like you go sightseeing. Person is going sightseeing the beautiful holy sight of the Beis Hamikdash to go sightseeing. That's what it's referring to. I'm not sure we parse you this way. I I, I don't think uh, we pass it this way. Huh? So that's not the the, the structure of the Beit Hamikdash itself. That's the celebration, the Simcha. Yeah. Now the Gemara goes off just for a little bit on a side point there to discuss this subject of Meila that we brought back, and then we'll come back to the subject of the Machlekes Abay and Rava. So now the Omer Abshimim and Pazi Levi the sound or the what you see or the aroma coming from the Beit Hamikdash. There's no Meila over here. Is this true? If you're smelling the beautiful smell that comes from the base of Mikdash, from the Katayris, there's no Me'ila in this. But we learned in a person that's Mefatim, or he prepares, he, he makes the Katayris. He takes the 11 spices that you make the Katayris and everything the way it's done, and he prepares the Katayris. Exactly the way it's done in the Beis HaMikdash. You're not allowed to do this. There's a law and a, a isa actually to make the qadus like the Beis HaMikdash. But if he's doing it with ba because he's trying to learn how to prepare the qadus so that he knows how to prepare it when he comes in the Beis HaMikdash. He wants to do it right. That's allowed. He was doing it with the purpose and he's preparing it and then he's planning on giving it to Hekdash. He wants to give it over to be used for the tzibr. In that, such a case, Potter. He's gonna be Potter from qadus. Now, the Mepharshim point out, this doesn't mean that this is the way it was done. You can't prepare your k'teres and then donate it to the of Mikdash. It has to be prepared by the Kayanim in the of Mikdash. But if a person did it with this intention, even if it won't be accepted, but he's not going to be, no k'teres. ba. When is there the isr that you get k'teres for, if a person is making the k'teres, exactly like it's made in the of HaMikdash, for the purpose to use it for the good smell, then chayif, then ye that's exactly what the Israel is, not to make it like in the Beis HaMikdash. V'hameriyah boh, not going to the K'tairis, not that he made, but going to the K'tairis that exists in the of HaMikdash, one that smells from the K'tairis in the of HaMikdash, potter. You potter from the K'tairis. The K'tairis is only if you make your own for the purpose of smelling it. So you'll be potter if you smell from the K'tairis in the of HaMikdash. But Elo shemal. You to be potter of chorus, but the iser of mi'ilah, that you derive benefit of the kateiris of the Beis mikdash does apply. So what do I see here? That there is mi'ilah from the reyah of the katitas. El of Papa says, Rapapa, you're right, we're going to have to say, umare bem only listening to the sound of the musical instruments played in the Beis mikdash or mare, seeing the beauty of the base of ain't ben There's no mi'ilah. So. If mamish, it's not something tangible. But the reach. The aroma that you cut, that comes from the base of mikdash, that's something more tangible. That's something that there is miela for. But only la'acha shetale eim boi hayol the After the the uh, smoke that comes out of the ketores comes up, once the mitzvah was fulfilled with it, so we have a klal. Once the mitzvah is done with it, there's no meal anymore. This is benegayat the here, and we had an example for this before. Also to the blood. Once the zikah of the dam is done, then at that blood, is no mi'ilah. There's only a meila mid the rabbana. So over here, when it says regarding the re'ach that there's no mi'ilah, he's not referring to the re'ach of the tetehs before the mitzvah was done. After the mitzvah was done, then there's no me'ilah. Before the mitzvah was done, re'ach is something which is tangible. Once the mitzvah is done already, so it's, it's as if not needed anymore. It was done already, so now we say that the re'ach is not tangible anymore. But before it was done, it's considered to be... The the whole thing, what the mitzvah is about, and therefore there is mi'ilah from the re'ach of the ketores. Let's say that uh, in the didn't mm-hmm. use any uh, She didn't use any perfumes because, because of the, the re'ach of the uh, ketores uh, that there was in Yerushalayim. Yeah, yeah. Says the Gemara. Now the Gemara questions this very rule itself. Is it true that once a mitzvah was done with something, so then there's no mi'ilah lememre? Should we say the cholhecha the nasus mitzvaseh? Anytime the mitzvah was done with something in the Beis HaMikdash, so now there's no Mi'ilah anymore, one of the things they did every morning in the Beis HaMikdash is, there was the desha and the ashes that was on the top of the Mizbeach, and they would remove from that ashes and place it over there, that a that was placed on the side of the Mizbeach. So when they remove that ashes, the Nasus Mitzvah, so your mitzvah is now done with this ashes. And there is Mi'ilah here. If you take those ashes to use it for whatever it is, there is Miela. The Chsiv, the Pasuk says, You have to place it near the Mizbeach. And we learn out from this. Yefazer, don't just spread it around. It has to be placed in a specific spot. And the Samoy, you have to place it there. It has to be placed after there. And don't take the ashes from the Mizbeach after you removed it from the Mizbeach. The mitzvah was done already. Don't have any enough. It has to be placed there. And there was a nest actually that happened that the ashes became swallowed into the ground over there. Otherwise you would have a massive pile of ashes after a few weeks. But the ashes got swallowed into the ground right over there and you're not have any enough from it. So we see right over here that even after the mitzvah is done, can't have enough. Answers the Gemara, this is an exception. M'shum da'havu, truma the case of the ashes, and also another case, the big day kuhuna, the clothing of the Kayan. And what we're speaking about over here is the clothing that a Koyim wears on Yom Kippur, as the Gemara will explain, these are two psukim, where the taita clearly says that you're not have any anna of it even after it's done, even after it's used. And shneik we have a rule. Anytime the taita repeats the same thing twice regarding two cases, aim a London. It You can't learn out from it. <laughs> that becomes the exception of the rule. And in those two cases, you can't have anaw even after it was used for its mitzvah. So where do we see that these are the two exceptions? Trumah Hoda Mara. Maram. Sedeshen, as we've just pointed out, the Pasuk says, that it's only the Truma that has to be placed there, and you can't have a no after it was removed from the Mizbeach. Big Day Kohona, regarding the Big Day Kohona that the Kayan wears on Yom Kippur, the chsev, what does the Pasuk there say after the Kayan does his abayda on Yom Kippur? Chom shom. The white clothing that he wears in Yom Kippur, you have to place it there. In other words, you should place it there and not use it again. For the following year, a shouldn't be used again. Malamit What this teaches me is the shah means it has to be has to be you have to hide it, you have to bury it, it can't be used again. So therefore, these are two psukim that are an exception. Says the Gemara, not so simple. There's an argument about this. This is understood according to the Rabbanan Dominibalama Chatun Gniza. The Rabban and say, that what do you do with the Big Day Kohona after it was used in Yom Kippur? You have to hide it. the but Rabdeiseh argues on this. What does Rabdeiseh say? The Bach says, It is still fit for use for the Kayan Hedyit, right? The Kayan Hedyit wears four begotten, so the Kayan Hedyit can take the Gartol, or he could take whatever it is that it would work for him, he can use it for himself. So what? Um, so how would Rabbi explain when it says that you have to place it there? What it means is, don't use it for the following year. Yom Kippur again, but a kohen had you could use it again. So So this is not an exception. So we can't say that this is the second possible where you find an exception that after you had a no, that uh, after you did the mitzvah, that is, that you could have a no. So why can't we learn out from Trumas hadeshen to all other places that after the mitzvah was done that you can't have anah, that there's still Meila. Says the Gemara, there's another case. Mishum have a Trumas hadeshen egla arufa, you have truma and egla arufa, These are two where even after the mitzvah is done, you still can't have a na of it. Now, egla arufa is not a concept of hegdish at all, but it's also a case where there is a mitzvah, there's a mitzvah to the, of egla arufa, and even after the mitzvah is done with it, you can't have any hanah of it. ma when you have two that tell you the same thing, ain melamden, you can't learn out from there. Rufa, Even after they did with the Rufa, they cut off its head. You can't have any ano from the Rufa. and the same thing also with Trumah Sadechen. So those are two psukim that are an exception. Otherwise, the mitzvah was done on the basis of mikdash. You could have ano of it. Now the Gemara brings up another problem. Ha malamdin. This whole concept that if the Torah repeats something twice, that you can't learn out from it, it becomes an exception. This is one opinion. But there's another opinion that says that even when the Taita repeats something twice in two cases, I still could learn out from there and say that the same applies to other places. What are we going to say? Why can't I learn out from Egla Rufa and Trumas and to all other cases that even after the mitzvah was done, there's still an isar meila? Says the Gemara. No, over here it's not only the fact that the tater writes it twice. The Taita writes a miut. The Taylor doesn't write the sum, place. It says place it. Place the Trumas Hadeshin there. It's saying only the Trumas Hadeshin you can't have no of. And it also says Ho Arufa. Only the Egla Arufa doesn't say Arufa, it says Ho'Arufa. Only the Egla Arufa can you not have Ano after the mitzvah was done with it. But anything else, you could. Okay, this is the conclusion of this uh, side Indian that the Gemara brought up here, the Indian of Me'ila. Now the Gemara goes back to the Machlekes of Abayah Verove, regarding a person that's having Hanah from something, Balkarchai. And what was the case we were talking about? In a, a case when it was Lo that he doesn't really have an option to do it otherwise, but the Ha'chavan, he's having Kavana to have Hanav. So the Gemara brings rise to this. Toshama, we learned from Reis, Hechnisa Leravaka. A person placed... An animal together with the peers of animals that they are all placed together, like in one piece of wood or one, one yoke that holds them together. So let's say you have four that go together. So you placed an animal inside. And then Vidosha. It went and it threshed together with the other animals. So now what's this Raisa talking about? What's the, what's the relevance of this? According to Rashi, the qu- question is, could this animal that was placed inside and then went and threshed could be used for egla arufa? When it comes to the calf that's used for Egla Arufa, the Pasik says that you only use a calf that no work was done with it, no yoke was placed upon it. And the same thing also regarding Paraduma. Taisfis, other say this, but is talking about Paraduma. The Paraduma that was worked with, you can't use it later for a Paraduma. So over here, you placed it inside together with the other animals. You didn't intend it to go and thresh. And then someone went and took the animals, and this animal that you placed inside, came along and went and threshed together with the other animals. it's still kosher. You placed it inside, but you didn't intend that it should go thresh together with the other animals, so it's still kosher. psula. If you place this animal inside, you want it to be there, because you want it to be able to nurse from its mother that's there. And also v'tidoish, in order that it should go and thresh together with the other animals, psula. So then in such a case, it's possible. Says the Gemara, In this case, the animal has to be there because it has to nurse from its mother. It doesn't really have another option. That, that, this is where the animal needs to be. The Kamachad. Now, once it's there, he's having kavana to use it that it should thresh together with the other animals. The Psula. And it says there in this Braya that even though you're placing it there, because not because you want it, but because you really don't have any other option. The animal has to be there to eat from its mother. But now you're having benefit from it, and it makes the animal puzzle for egla rufa or for paraduma. So I can learn out from here that when something is happening that's not your choice, you don't want to do it. But if you have kavana, it's aser. <coughs> so this is a question on Rava's opinion. It says the Gemara, or actually a question on Abaye's opinion. That is, that said that this would be allowed. It says the Gemara, no shani hosam. In that case, it's different. The chesiv when the Talmud gives you the criteria. That you should use the animal for the egla rufa. What does it say? Ashaloi Ubad Ba. Take an egla, and a calf that was not worked with it. What's the expression the Torah uses? Ubad. Ubad almost means like it's happening on its own. It doesn't say ovad. Ovad means that you're working with it by hand directly. Ubad, it was not worked with it, even without your knowledge, even even without your doing it by hand. We call in any way. So therefore, over here, this is the Chiddush, that even though it's loyafsha you're putting the animal there because it has to feed from its mother, but nevertheless, it's included in Ubad that it, it did work. Says so the Gemara Ihachi, if that's your limud, because it says Ubad, so then affiliation even in the first part of the, uh, even in the first case of the Braise, what was the first case here? When it went and it worked on its own, you placed it inside, not because it had to feed from its mother, but just you placed it inside, and then someone went and took it to thresh with it. In that case, the fact is that it did work. It should also be a problem that now it was worked with. Ubat, it was worked with. Says so the Gemara, no, that case will not be a problem. Why? Because that case could be compared to the following. And here the Gemara brings another Mishnah that discusses para duma. Now para duma and eglarufa are compared to each other. They have very similar halacha regarding the fact that you can't work with it. Can't place any yoke in it in order for it to be fit for to be used for the Paraduma or Eglarufa. So there's another mission that says regarding Paraduma, a bird landed on top of a Paraduma. So now the Paraduma is serving as a landing spot for this bird. Do I say that because it, it was used to, for the bird to land on it, so therefore you can't use it for Paraduma anymore? No, that's not a problem. Ksheido, That's okay. Allah Allah Zahar, if a zahar came and cohabited with this paraduma, then psula. Then that's something which will be possible. Now what's the reason for this distinction? When a bird comes and lands on your adumah, you're deriving no benefit from it. The owner of the paradma is not interested in this. he doesn't want it to happen Balal. So in such a case, it doesn't create any psul. But if a Zahar comes and cohabits with this paraduma, the owner is happy from this. He, he derives a benefit from it. <laughs> so even though you didn't do it, that happened on its own. It's still going to be a problem. That's uh, what it says regarding paraduma. So we apply the same thing also regarding egla rufa. When something is happening, if you place the animal inside with the other animals, and then someone takes it on its own, it goes and thrashes. So that's like a bird that landed. That's something that you're not even interested in at all. So then it's okay. But if you placed it there because you needed to nurse from its mother and then it went also to thresh together, that's something that you're getting a benefit from, so then it's going to make it possible. And the Gemara explains the source of this, bringing back the posik that we quoted before, Ubat, Voloj Ubatba, My time, Mom, Pop, Iksiv, Ovad. If the title would say, you did not work directly, vikarinon Karinon, Ovad, and we would read the Posik Ovad, that you, that you worked, then Ad, ad Ovidba Ihu then I would say it only becomes possible if you directly worked with it. Iksiv, Ubad, if we would say in the title the word Ubad, and we would read it Ubad, both the Kri and the Xiv, so we know in the title, you have it the way it's spelled and you have it the way it's read. If it was spelled and read, Ubad, that it was worked with automatically without even your knowledge, so then I fill in my mail Nami. I would say even something that happens on its own, like the case of a bird landing, the fact is it serves as a landing spot for the bird, I would say that that makes it possible as well. But obad. What does it say in the Pasik? Hmm. It's, it's spelled without a vav, it's spelled Ovad. But the Karinon Ubad, the way it's read is Ubad with a vav, That as if it's happening on its own. So therefore I have to dash in both aspects of this word dumye It was worked with on its own, somewhat similar to a case where you worked with it directly. Ma Just like when you did something directly by hand, it's something that you're interested in. So too, when it happened on its own, it has to be at least similar in one aspect. And it's something that you're interested. So we have three different possibilities. There is a case where it happened totally on its own and you have no interest in it whatsoever, then it's going to be kosher. Then you have the opposite extreme, where a person worked by hand. Obviously, it's going to be posthol. But the is we learn not regarding the middle case, where it happened on its own, but you have a benefit of it. You're interested in it. You're machabin, even though it's loy Efshir. But you're machabin, that's the Chilish, because the Teter writes Ovad, and you read it ubad. that even in such a case, it will be puzzle as well. So therefore, this is not a riot to the discussion we're having here, because here, there's a separate posik of Ovad, ubad. The Gemara brings... Huh? User, my Similar, Similar thing, thing. right. Yeah, yeah. The Gemara brings now another riot. to this. Toshamah, we learn regarding a person that finds an Aveda. So he has a lost object that he has to take care of, and he has to return it to its owner. So, toshama Aveda. You have a lost object, and now if you're going to keep this lost object in a closet, it's going to get ruined just by keeping it there. So you have to ear it out every once in a while. However, the Mishnah says, or the Braise says, You're not allowed to spread it out on a bed, if you have whatever it is, a towel, a sheet, so you have to spread it out for for its own purpose, but do not spread it out on a bed, or on a sheet, or on a hook. Moggid is on a hook, for your own, to use it for yourself. You are allowed to spread it out on a bed or on a hook for its own purpose, in order to ear it out. So now the Mishnah says, If you have guests. So then, Don't spread it out on a bed or on a hook. Whether you're spreading it out for its own purpose or you're spreading it out for yourself, because if you have guests, the fact is you're going to be getting benefits showing your guests this beautiful sheet you have or towel or whatever it is. So in such a case, you shouldn't spread it out. So what do I see over here? It's a case of lo yafshir. You have to spread it out in order for it to be able to get it to be aired out. But it's mechaven. When you have guests, the fact is, you're getting benefit out of this, that the guests see what you have, and they think it's yours. So I see over here a case of lo and mechaven that it's awesome. You're not allowed to spread it out in this case. So this is a raya to Rav's opinion. It says the gemara no shani hasam, the Over there, it's different. We're, there's a concern that you may come to destroy it. But when you have guests, why is that? either because of an iron hotter. the guests will see this and it will be an iron hotter for, for this item itself Or we're concerned that if you have guests, you never know who your guests are And they may steal it. So in such a case, you have to keep it away when the guests come Nothing to do with the fact that you're having a no of it. It's these concerns that we have Okay, now the final raya The final raya the Gemara is going to bring is also for this argument between Abayah and Ravah, but the Gemara is going to actually bring a raya in their Machleikis in in the first... Sorry about that. The Gemara is going to bring a raya in the first Lushen of the the Machleikis. What was the first Lushen of the Machleikis? That they're arguing in a case of Efshir V'loy Machaven. In a case when you do have a possibility to go somewhere else, and you're going here, and you're not having kavana to derive any benefit. That's the case we'll bring it eye right to now. We have a case of a person selling garments, and he's selling also Shatnas. A person that's selling garments and is Shatnas, he can sell it in his usual way. He should not have any intention during the summer if he's wearing it to demonstrate to people the garment, and he's showing them how you can wear it. So in the summertime, don't put on these garments and have kavanah to have no of it because of to, to shield yourself from the sun. Or, in the winter, to warm yourself from the cold in the, in the, in the winter. So you're allowed to wear this shat but not to have anah of it, not to have kavana to have no. Those people that are tsnuin, in other words, they're pious and they want to be extra careful with chatnez. They wouldn't wear it at all. They would just uh, hang it on a stick and demonstrate it, or like today, you would put it on a mannequin to demonstrate it to people the garment. Okay, because they, 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 you never know; you may have kavana to have a of it. So they wanted to be extra careful. So therefore, they would not wear it at all. So says the Gemara. What do we see from this case? The case of air with this shatnis, you can just easily place it on a stick. You have an option to do it that way. You don't have to wear it yourself. The And what does it say over here? You have an option to do it otherwise. But if you're wearing it, as long as you're not having kavana to have any anna of it, it's allowed. So I see that without kabbanah it's allowed. To yufta leman the masni lishna to So this braisa is a clear raya against. The first version of Rava's opinion to Yufta it actually refutes the first opi- the first version of Rava's opinion. Okay, this concludes this here. Let's just start a little bit the next Indian here. This is going to be a Hemshech and the in the Gemara. The Gemara goes back to what it said in the Mishnah. V'lo yaseg What happens with chametz? You have to burn it on Arab of Pesach. But while you're burning the chametz, do not use that fire to heat up an oven to cook with it. So rabanan learned as follows: Tanor, an oven, You heat it up an oven using peels from Arla. Arla is something that not only you're not allowed to eat, you're not allowed to derive any benefit of it. You heat it up your oven from peels of Arla, or or you used wheat or stalks of wheat from claya Keden from which is also forbidden to have any unknow of, and you heat it up your oven with this. Chadash, if it's a brand new oven that was never heated up before, Yutats, you have to shatter the oven. The reason is, the first time you heat up the oven, it strengthens it. We're talking here about an earthenware oven, that the first time you heat it up, it strengthens the oven. So now you heated up the oven, you made the oven to be a good oven through heating it up with these things that are forbidden. So you have to demolish the oven and rebuild it again. Yashon, if the oven was heated up before already, it was used before, so heating it up is not completing the oven itself, so, it's only, what are you concerned about using the heat from this isure hana to cook in it or to bake in it? Yutsan, so you have to wait until the oven cools off, and then you can use your oven again with things that are permitted. Afaba yesapas, how about if a person baked bread in this oven that was heated up with these things that are aser? So there's an argument here. Are you allowed to eat this bread? If you heated it up with it. Rabbi, Rabbi says, "Hapas asura. You're not allowed to eat this bread." The Chachamim ha-pas muteres. The bread is allowed." And what's the, what's the basis of the argument between Rabbi and, and the Chachamim? The basis of the argument over here is, as we'll see soon in the Gemara, yesh shvach eitzim bepas or ein shvach eitzim bepas." Do I say that when you make a fire, so the you're deriving benefit from what's asubahana in your bread? your bread gets hanah from that fire that came from something which is asabah hanah. What is the fire burning from? It's burning from something which is asabah hanah. Or do I say no? How does the fire burn? The fire does not come from what's asabah hanah. The fire turns into coals, into ashes. And that's what the, the hanah is coming from. So it's not coming from what's asabah hanah. That's the argument here according to Rashi. If you cooked it on coals, so what you took what was was already coals in advance, not that you took now fresh uh, uh, clipping, fresh uh, uh, the, the clippy arla that he mentioned before, but you took already something which is coals, then everybody would agree that it would be allowed because it's already ashes, it's already coals, then it wouldn't be a problem. Okay, we'll take off again on in this onion tomorrow.